The contents of our show have many references to alcohol and drinking. We want to acknowledge our friends in recovery and let them know we love you and support you. If you or someone you know is a person with substance use disorder, you can call 1-800-662-HELP. Sinners here, taxis not far, meet you at the closest bar. No toddler grass until sunrise, slowly sip that whiskey ride. Gather parents far and near, it's time to hit that bottle of Hey baby. Oh, what's up baby? How are you today? Fantastic. I'm actually really good. How are you? You are good. I'm I'm good too. I'm doing good. Can you imagine us three months ago feeling this good? Nope. (laughs) It's a fun it's a fun time to be had right now. It's quite been quite the journey. I actually uh, just talked to my therapist before this and I was like, we were talking about some deep stuff and I stopped and I go, Courtney, like I got to tell you, I had a really fucking good week and I want to talk about that. (laughs) She's like, let's do it. Uh, It's been a good week. Yay. I love that. Obviously it has been a good week. I've had a good week. Who needs those drugs they prescribed me last week? You know, (laughs) you don't have them yet, right? I have have them. them. I just haven't taken them yet. She's like, whatever, but. I took your cue. We had three minutes left and she's like, we've got three minutes. What do you want to talk about? Do you just want to like, tell me about your happiness? And I was like, <laughs> I want to talk about drugs. <laughs> she's like, great, let's talk about it. We're going to get you some. So I took your cue. So you're going to go through a psychiatrist to... Yeah, she'll have to, she'll like hook me up. She, it'll be like between her and I and the psychiatrist. So she cool. can kind of give information. So it's not just a psychiatrist giving me whatever yeah. without having her be a part of it. Yeah. Um, that's great. I'm happy. Yeah. You. She's like, she's like, I'm so happy for you doing all of the advocating for yourself. I'm like, yes. Look at that. Bitch. How <laughs> fucking cool is that? No, I like her. I just love her so I much. Know we, we, had, we had a really good time today. Good. I was, I was like, I'm so excited to talk to you. And I'm usually not. <laughs> she's like, God, I don't, I don't want you to dread me. I'm like, you know what I mean. Right, right. Normally you come with some other stuff in mind, but today Hell yeah, yeah. you have a little boost. A little boost in my uh, serotonin. Mm-hmm. Serotonin. Oh. <laughs> C-E-R-A. Yeah. Tonin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, listen. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about sex and dating, and I said, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then something weird happened, and it's brand new. I'm just, like, on this kick of talking to someone till 4 a.m., <laughs> and uh, literally on one hour of sleep, because Owen decided to wake up at 5 a.m. No, this morning. Don't you know I'm busy blurting and I was flirting so hard what are you doing I'm I'm I just want to say I'm living for this (laughs) well I think I think one of the things that's happening here too and where it goes wherever it goes maybe next week I say that was fun it was over right who knows that's the the fun in it right It, it doesn't matter and I don't feel any sort of way about it which is 
great. I've never not gone loop, like loop, 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 loop around my head and made crazy, like break up with someone before I even start dating them situation in my mind. Right. But we've been talking, did we, we must've talked about this when I was, yeah, we talked about how like people from our past are coming in. Yep. Yep. And I had him on my mind for a long time and I, it's been, it, it was just so fucking weird. He slid into my DMs and I was like, that's so weird. I've been thinking about you. I didn't say that to him. Um, and what he said was super sexy. I don't know why, cause he was telling me what to do and I don't <laughs> like being told what to do, but I was like, Oh, Oh really? I think there's a difference between like, you can't go out with your friends and get the fuck over here and make out with me. There's like a... Right, right. right. That's not what he said. No. But no, it's it close. <laughs> but yeah, there was this familiarity with him because I've known him for like 20 some years. Like, obviously we've, you know, we don't talk all the time, but you know, an acquaintance. Um, and it's actually, <laughs> so I know him from church and... Um, I used to go to church. It's a Christian success story. <laughs> Listen, God brought us together. And, uh, <laughs> oh. uh, no, it's he. Um, Pat's cute. So Ooh, we're name dropping. I like it. I did name drop. I did. Okay. Maybe, maybe I should take that out. I don't know. Nobody knows who you're talking about. It's true. Well, like maybe yeah. two people. Uh, if if Amy listened to this, she would have picked up on it immediately. But um, yeah, this will be a test to see who listens to the podcast. Whoever texts right, me after right. it drops, they're like, "No shit, what?" <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it it was yeah. We we were on. We weren't even. There was no conversation vocally. We didn't talk on the phone. It was DMing through Instagram until four in the morning, and then this morning I was like. I was going to say, you haven't, you haven't switched a phone number yet. Okay. Yeah, no, no, we did. I, I said, uh, why don't you text me? And then for some reason I was looking at my horoscope and it says, you are ruled by Venus and on June 3rd, generous good fortune Jupiter will send hearts and flowers to beautiful Venus. This adds to the start of the month. It's a great time to travel. Well, I'm not traveling. Um, but anyway, June 3rd is a Thursday, but you will still feel effects of this loving, luxurious aspect over the week. Basically, there's some love in the air <laughs> on June 3rd. And I was like, well, that was yesterday. And you caught it. So I caught the bug. Also, we're apparently moving fast because he's coming to visit next month. So <laughs> <laughs> um, straight to business. Straight. <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> I don't fuck around. We know that. You uh, don't fuck around in both aspects. You don't fuck around, meaning this is the – I didn't see this on your radar for a little bit, not because of the lack of men, but because of your – I love you – your standoffness <laughs> towards the idea of embracing a, a kind of flirtatious relationship. So I didn't want it. I didn't want it. Right. But you know what? Sometimes you don't know what you want until it's until Smacks you're sliding you. in, yeah. <laughs> sliding, <laughs> sliding in the DM. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off. That was very good. I didn't mean to. <laughs> uh, well, it hit me smack in the face, and uh, and here we are. So. Listen, some of the best things come out of 
DMs. Sliding in DMs like this podcast. <laughs> that is so true. It's so true. Um, that should be part of our tagline. Slide into the, slide into it. I don't know. Slide <laughs> in me. Slide. <laughs> No. Slide, slide. No. Hello. This is a parenting podcast. <laughs> I love when you just go, oh, no. <laughs> it's like such a natural response. <laughs> and I didn't mean that. I meant slide into my, like, slide in me. No, no. Okay. Maybe we slide. should just move on. <laughs> slide, slide down the, like a, at the slide down like you're at the playground into my DMs. No, none of that was good. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, okay. All right. No more. Okay. No more. All right. So that's good. This is exciting. I'm. I'm. Here's the thing. There. It's. Here's the thing. Is that it's fucking awesome. But. It, it, <laughs> I, there is so much fun to be had in flirting with somebody and just like talking to somebody. And and I think what I was thinking about today when you were kind of talking to me about this, like we're all just looking for somebody to talk to. Like we, yeah. like not, not like, and then somebody comes in and you're like, oh my God, perfect. I'm going to, you know, talk to you right away. But in a way we're all really just want somebody to talk to and have fun with. Right. Yeah. So I think that, um, when it's the right person, I mean, because there's right. listen, there's people that can slide in all the DMs, and you're just like, no, erase, erase, erase. But Ugh. right, but I, but when that one person does, and you're like, yeah, this could yeah. be fun. This could yeah. be fun, and then you start talking, and like the the banter's there, and the and the and the comedy's there, and, and all of that. It's right. Just- well, I think that was surprising. I just kept being surprised by uh, how funny. I thought he was. Yeah. Or I think he is. I thought he would, you know, I just, the, the things he kept saying, I was like, oh, this is actually very funny. Okay. Yeah. And um, I'm used to, well, was just direct. Like there's just things about him that I, I haven't experienced in men that I've even talked to. Like he's just got a bit of a uh, shit together vibe. Yeah. Than than others. And uh, I, you know, it was just like, I haven't been on a date since 2018. So he's like, okay, zero to a hundred. So, but that's it. You know, it's, I, I, when, if you have nobody, I I haven't been excited about anybody, even just to see someone on the street, like every once in a while, like, oh, he's cute, but just it, it, nothing it just wasn't time. And I don't know that this is time, but it's getting me to a place that it might be time. So it's, you know, new chapters. Well, maybe it has nothing to do with time and just who the person is and the closeness. There is a thing about um, history and people that you have a history with and whether that history is just acquaintances or whether that history is friends or ex-lovers or whatever it is. I'm somebody who whenever I like date somebody or I always end up with somebody I already know. Like yeah. I can't, I think besides Billy, who yeah. I ended up having a kid with, but I, but I think besides <laughs> how that turned out. Um, mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm, I'm grateful for River. Um, obviously. <laughs> um, don't know. Not sure why I needed to plug that. I think we all know. But, <laughs> Anyway, um, anyone who I've dated though, like I, I've I've known before, I, and 
there's like a nostalgia to people mm-hmm. that you've known before that listen, like we asked in our polls, like how would you rather meet somebody organically or like have it be set up? And like, I think a hundred percent of the people so far have said organically. Yeah. And I, that's so much more fun. And organically means to me, like how many times have I gone out and not how many times, but um, the relationships that I've had or, or flings or whatever, it's always like, Oh, I ran into it at a bar and it's been so long yes. since I've seen you. And like, yes. let's go hang out. Like let's yeah. have fun. Or, you know, in now like quarantine and the pandemic, it's like you're watching people's social media so much yes. more and you're yes. engaging so much well, more on social yes. media. And then somebody slides in your DM and you're like, that could be fun. Well, I think that was it too. Is like, he, he's, I think he's following us on hitting the bottle and he was responding to stuff and he, you know, responded to a question we had once. And I was like, okay, sneaking in here like being yeah. a part of this that's cute but I, I remember the thing I remember about him the most is how comfortable I felt with him like I just remember him being such a he was my friend and I felt like he was a good person like I just remember him being there as a as a good person to talk to when I needed it like a safe space it's just yeah. it, it's just interesting it's just um it's just nice. No matter what, no matter what, you know, what we talk about next week, uh, it's nice to have someone uh, to talk to that you shared something with growing up that you get to like revisit. Sure. A, posit- a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. I love it. <laughs> it makes me happy to think of, because I know, I know what you're feeling like so bad. I, I know it to the core, like to the tip, tippy core, that makes no sense, to the deepest core of my body. <laughs> to the tippy top of the core of my soul. <laughs> to the top of the core. It's like, okay, that makes no sense. So it's just the earth's surface. <laughs> um, I get it. I, I totally get it. And it's, it, it's, um, we all need to have a little fun, you know, I think that it's, it's, um, it's all good and it's all, and yeah, exactly. Let it, wherever it goes, it goes, you know, that applies to whatever, all of it. Yeah. You know, though, I did have like a, I had a weird, I went through scenarios in my head and I, you Mm -hmm. know, he, he doesn't live here obviously. Um, and I was like, Oh, if I went home and left Owen with my parents, then I can maybe go visit him if it got to that point. And I immediately was like, Oh my God, are they going to judge me? Or like, they like, are my parents going to be weirded out that I'm leaving to go see a man? And I was like, fuck that. Right. Like, fuck right. that. <laughs> How else am I supposed to have a man if I don't go see a man? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. like, uh, I mean. But, you know, you think about your kid and you're like, oh, it's 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 that weird. It's that weird. Uh, I shouldn't be dating or I shouldn't be putting myself out there as a sexual being because I have a kid. It's that conversation yep. we've had before. So. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, fuck that real quick. Fuck that thought process. Good. Good. Because that's, that, that still sticks with me. Like when I'm out on a date or something and I'm like, I'm a mom. Like, why is this person with me? Like, I'm a mom, you know, like what, what am I doing? (laughs) And, and, and we've talked about it before of like having imposter syndrome about it. You're Uh, like, yes, you're like, I feel so weird to be out right now. And I'm talking to these people and we're having a good time. And then something will just hit me and I'm like. 
not even, I don't even get in the, in the headspace of like, should I be doing this? Cause I don't, I don't give a shit when I need to right. be a mom, I'm a mom. And when I'm out, I'm out. But, yeah. um, as my naked child runs in the room, Hi, bud. <laughs> uh, but it's still, it, it, um, yeah, I still, I still get that way. And I'm like, do I, I hate this word, but like, am I deserving of this? Like, yes. am I, am I Fuck okay yes. to like go, like, am I still attract, like, am oh, I still yes. like as hot as, okay, yes. <laughs> like that, but like, am I still as hot as I could be? Do I still feel hot? Like, and it, like, well, do, as yeah. a mom. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't it. know. I don't oh, I, I guess I get it. I also think like uh, compartmentalizing those things, like when you're out and being able to be like, I am this hot fucking ass human. Uh, and you don't even think about your kid because you know your kid's safe. So like you can compartmentalize that energy and just be like, fuck it. I'm here. I'm hot. I'm going to make out with a guy at the bar because I want yeah. to. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I, am. I haven't, I haven't done that in so long. I know. Please, I mean, anyone listening is like on my side of the family. Like, give me a fucking break, all right? <laughs> it's, been, it's been a terrible road. No, I'm gonna. I don't want to say oh, a terrible no. road, but I mean, it hasn't been great, and I'm finally feeling good again. So, sorry if that pisses you off. I guess. Uh, who? 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 The the haters? Fuck the haters. Uh, I was just going to say, oh my God, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to try to rhyme skaters and haters, like skate away with your hate. (laughs) And then I realized that was dumb. Burn. (laughs) Said it anyway. So here we are. Um, You go skate away with your hate. Eat my dirt or dust. What is the person supposed to say? Eat my shorts. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Have we got a show for you? Oh my folks. God. Actually, you know what? You're welcome for our banter because this show has nothing to do with us. <laughs> this episode. Yes, today we have a spill. Like, uh, um, we don't know anything about it. We haven't listened to it yet, as per mm-hmm. usual. Um, but Alicia reached out to uh, this person because... I mean, I was listening to My Favorite Murder, what, two weeks ago, three yeah. weeks ago? Yeah, and, they, and it was one of the mini-sodes, and they had a, a written in Hometown Murder. And I feel bad because I can't even... I would love to say... I mean, we could look it up and say what episode it was that we found her in, in her hometown murder that she um, gave to My Favorite Murder. But so they mentioned how she has a... Um, Instagram account that she's doing and it's called Psycho Parenting. It's postpartum psycho. Oh, okay, that's that's what it is. <laughs> postpartum psycho, psycho parenting. <laughs> Sorry, it's funny. Psycho parenting. Excuse me. I'm sorry. It's called psycho parenting, and it's just a bunch of loud noises and it's like, ah, it's like a bunch of fucking flashing lights, finger horns. What's going on? Finger horns. Listen, if if, if psycho parenting doesn't exist, someone pick it up right now. I'm sweating. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's Tip- yes, Tiffany from Tiffany, Postpartum Psycho. From Postpartum Psycho, they mentioned her, or she had mentioned her 
Instagram in her submission that she did. So then I obviously immediately got onto Instagram and I was like, who is this person? Started going through her Instagram and I slid into her DMs and I'm like, hey, you might be somebody that we want to collaborate with. How do you feel about that? And she so graciously said, I would love to share my story. You know, usually we have um, spilled the wines that, and listen, we never tell anyone this is how long it should be. We're never like, please keep it under whatever. We give you some guidelines, but um, I think with this one, we kind of just told her, tell us your story. Like, what is your Instagram about? Like, what, like, what is, what's your story behind whatever? Yeah. So um, she sent it to us and it was longer than we're used to. So we're going to kind of just pass the torch over to her this week. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to stop talking and let her talk and then we'll come back to you and round out the episode at the end. It's my new favorite thing to say. How many times will I say it today? I don't know. Take a shot every time I do. Um, Good luck. (laughs) Um, I do want to read her Instagram. Uh, Her name's Tiffany, and it is just a psycho uh, diagnosed severe postpartum depression and psychosis. I just want to share my experience with other struggling moms, which is all we are for here for. Yeah. Um, which is all we are. Which is all we are struggling. <laughs> struggle. Come on the struggle bus with us. There's plenty of room. Um, okay. So are we ready? Yeah, we're ready. All right. Take it away, Tiff. Penny. <laughs> Tiffany. I don't know her that well. I can't do that. Okay. Hi, my name is Tiffany. Some of you may know me as postpartum psycho on Instagram. And if you don't, Um, well, I have an Instagram called postpartum psycho, but here goes nothing. This is my story with, um, postpartum psychosis and depression and all of the fun things that nobody tells you about being a mom. So I'm just going to kind of ramble. Um, my story may be all over the place. Um, but, uh, I have ADHD, so we'll blame it on that, right? Um, so a little bit of background. Um, I'm 26. I am a mom to a 16-month-old, now 16-month-old little boy named Ridge. Um, my husband is a lineman. Again, not well, not the high wire, not the football player, the high wire electricity kind of lineman. Um, we live in northern Oklahoma, um, kind of out in the middle of the sticks, um, and that is the way we like it. Uh, I am a tax accountant by day um, and a million other things by night, you know, as moms are. So <clears throat> my story starts, let's start with my pregnancy. It was awful. I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, um, and some people have beautiful, wonderful pregnancies, and I just want to put it out there. That if your pregnancy is not that, you are not alone. I was miserable. (laughs) Before pregnancy, I, uh, for one, was always like a very tiny, not tiny, I'm six foot, but I was always, you know, slender, athletic. I enjoyed being outside. Um, However, I'd also been on ADHD meds for a majority of my life. Um, So... When I got pregnant with Ridge um, in 2019, um, I had never seen a gyno in the town that we currently live in, and I couldn't get in with her. Uh, the one I, I kind of 
shopped around, if you will, and I couldn't get in with her, so I ended up um, making an appointment later than I wanted to, and I called my Gen Prac, who I had seen in our town, and he said, get off your ADHD medicine, and I was on medicine for a little bit of anxiety. Um, I started having panic attacks. Um, I was in an accident in 2016 um, where I... My lungs basically spontaneously got a hole in them. <laughs> so I was hospitalized for a little bit. That's a different story. But because of it, whenever I felt like I couldn't breathe, I would start having anxiety. So I had um, an anxiety medication that I took um, anytime basically I needed to exercise. Because um, that breathlessness that you get when you exercise would trigger my PTSD and my anxiety and tell me that tell my brain would tell you know the rest of my body like oh no you're dying um because it would just go back to my accident um so I was on an anxiety medication well five weeks into pregnancy um I've thrown up literally every day since I found out I was pregnant and my doctor was like absolutely stop taking your ADHD meds stop taking your anxiety meds cold turkey quit everything and I was like, okay, he's a doctor. He knows um, what this is. Between that date and my first OBGYN appointment, there was probably four weeks, I gained 17 pounds. <laughs> so it really took a toll on my body. Um, and I started struggling with some body issues. Um, but what pregnant woman doesn't? And if we're being honest here, I feel like everyone struggles with a little bit of that. Um, but mine was really bad and I was very uncomfortable in my body. So a lot of other things happened during my pregnancy, one of which being um, the doctor I loved. And granted, there's only a couple doctors, like a couple OBGYNs in this town that we live in because it's very small, rural Oklahoma. And um, she got pregnant on accident with triplets in my eighth month, um, which is no fault to her. Uh, you do your thing, girl. But she was put on bed rest and I had to switch doctors. And at this time I had hypertension, not uh, preeclampsia, but just hypertension. And I needed to see a high risk doctor. So my options were to go to this one other dude in town or have to travel an hour each way to go into the city um, to find a different doctor. And I just didn't want to do that. So I saw this other man, this other man and I um, don't get along and, uh, if you're out there and you're listening to this, you suck. However, that all happens. My birth was a little bit traumatic, but is what it is. After Ridge was born, everything was really great. Um, I'd say for two, two and a half, maybe even three months. Um, I was fortunate enough to get 14 weeks of paid maternity leave, um, which is not common. And is a reason that I, I love the company I work for. It's a great benefit. Um, my mom stayed up with me for a little bit. She ended up going back and Ridge and I really got into a routine of like, okay, we're going on daily walks, um, getting coffee, you know, things are happening. Um, towards the end of my maternity leave, I've started just feeling unmotivated to get out of bed. Um, and it's not like I had this like impending doom of going back to work because I knew that at this time, so Ridge was born in January of 2020. He got his eight-week shots uh, in mid-March 
of 2020. Um, I don't know if y'all know this, but in mid-March of 2020, um, the U.S. decided to get with it and started locking everything down. So uh, Ridge went to church one time, and the following week, everything was shut down. And this beautiful baby that I was so excited to show off to literally everybody I knew um, was now locked inside of our home with us. So that was really, really kind of upsetting. But to be honest, I love being at home. I didn't really want people over here. Um, I didn't have, we live in, again, in the middle of the woods. It's not like, you know, there's a hustle and bustle of town. Everything's kind of always quiet where we are. Um, but because of this, I knew that I wouldn't be going back into the office and the school that I had lined bridge up to, or the daycare, sorry, I'm going to call it school, um, that I lined bridge up to go to was still shut down. So, you know, nothing was really changing. I was just going to have to, you know, do all the things I was doing with Ridge, but at a desk where I could do my job. Um, so it, it didn't upset me that I was going back to work. It just just felt sad, um, like an unexplainable sadness. Um, and I kept this to myself because I've, you know, generally been a pretty laid back, happy, easygoing person other than during pregnancy. Cause again, I hated every minute of it. Um, but this was different. This wasn't like a, I'm uncomfortable. I'm in pain. I can't stop throwing up kind of sadness. It was a nothing matters. Why am I here? Um, and then I would breastfeed my son and all of that would go away. And it was just me and him and he needed me. And I could not imagine my life without this little boy. Um, then I went back to work. Um, and I also decided because in hindsight, my therapist will tell me that I'm an overachiever and here's the thing about being an overachiever and a perfectionist is you don't believe that you are those things because you're never enough. Um, and so I don't think I am those things, but she will tell me I am. I went back to work on May 6th. Um, I have not (laughs) failed to mention during pregnancy and pre-pregnancy, I was in a master's program, um, getting my master's of taxation. And I decided I had taken the spring semester off Okay, so I was in school up until being nine months pregnant. Uh, Ridge was born in January. I took the spring off and my summer semester, my summer, my school does trimesters. Uh, My summer trimester was about to start and I was like, well, I'm not going to get set back. I am powerful and almighty and surely I can just snap right back into this. Um, And I couldn't. Um, I went back to work May 6th and I decided to start school on May 10th. Again, all remotely. I love tax. I'm a weirdo. I, when I chose tax, it was because I really wanted to do law, but I was really good at accounting and where those things meet is tax. It is the legal side of accounting. It's completely different than like normal accounting and none of you care and that's okay. I could not focus for the life of me. I didn't care about class. I didn't care about work. I was extremely unfocused. Um, again, I hadn't told anybody that I was also feeling like really sad. So I had a follow up with my gen prac and I 
told her like, Hey, um, I like can't get anything done at work or school. Um, you know, I have this baby, so he is distracting, but also like, even when the baby's sleeping or I, you know, have some amount of help, I can't do it. Like, I just can't. And she was like, yeah, it's probably your ADD. Not a big problem. Get on your meds. Oh, I really didn't, you know, is there a safe option for breastfeeding? And she's like, oh, you're still breastfeeding? Then no. So, okay. Um, well, I guess I'll just sit in this unfocused sadness and be sad. Um, so then things kind of got worse. Um, I got sadder and sadder, more and more unmotivated, not just to like not do my work, um, for work or school. It was then, you know, keeping up with the house, um, doing the dishes, folding the laundry, um, you know, coming up with dogs. We have two labs that shed twice a year. Um, it was getting out of bed. <laughs> like I just, that was a lot of work. It hurt. It was painful. Um, my husband would leave in the morning and I would text him at 830 and be like, yeah, we're up and about. And realistically I would play, um, with our son in bed. I would like lay in bed with our kid and to like 1130 noon, get out of bed, come to the living room. It, I just wasn't doing anything <laughs> and I didn't want to. It wasn't that I was even existentially sad. It was that I just felt nothing. I let it get worse and worse and worse until eventually I just felt so nothing that I was nothing. I didn't matter. I didn't understand why I was here. I felt like a burden because I wasn't pulling my share, if you will. I wasn't, you know, I was home all day, but what was, what was there to show for it? The dishes were piled up. The laundry was backed up. The floors were dirty. Um, our kid was alive. I did that much. And my husband was really understanding. He never said anything about like, Hey, can you wash a dish or two? Um, never. He didn't say anything, but I just felt so inadequate. I just felt like it would be better off if I didn't exist. And that's where my suicidal ideation started. Um, so then time goes on and my office announces that there is now a back to work schedule. Um, I kind of panicked, but I was like, yeah, we, we knew this was coming and Ridge's daycare was going to open. Okay. So this is around the 1st of June. Um, they were going to open. So I had a, two weeks or so. And, um, I decided to tell my husband how I was feeling. Um, so I, on a Saturday, I put Ridge down for a nap and I went into the bedroom and I was like, all right, just, we need to talk. And he was like, Okay. And I told him the truth. I told him that I was afraid of when Ridge went back to school that I wouldn't be able to contain my urges. He was like, what are your urges? Um, and I was like, honestly, sometimes when I drive the car, I think about just pulling onto the highway without looking. But I would never do that because Ridge is in the car and I would never hurt Ridge. And he still kind of looked at me and was like, I don't, I don't think I get what you mean. And I was like, I want to die. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't feel like I'm of any use to you. I don't feel like a good mom. I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good person. 
I don't belong on this earth anymore and everybody else would be so much better off if I didn't exist. And before I could even look up from that statement, I could hear my husband sob. And my husband's not a crier. He's a very, I'm a man kind of guy. And he grabbed me and he said, none of that is true. And I said, it feels true. And I'm afraid to be by myself because I don't know what I'm capable of. And that was the kind of turning point. Well, there's a lot of turning points. So that was my initial sadness. Kind of got everything off the table and was like, this is what it is. And he was like, okay, um, what do you need? And I said, I don't know, but I can't do this alone. I, I need help. And so he did some research. I did some research. We found a therapist. Um, and her name's Whitney and she's the best. And I'm just going to refer to her as Whitney. Um, we found my therapist, Whitney, um, and I started seeing her. So Ridge goes to school. Um, I start seeing Whitney. My office closes back down. Um, and Whitney tells me, um, your gen prank is a liar. Um, if you think focus is your problem, let's start there. Okay. Maybe you just like, maybe your ADD, ADD in women is much different than, you know, regular ADD. I hate to break it to y'all, but, um, ADHD in women tends to go uh, undiagnosed because it shows itself in different ways. And so maybe this unmotivation is just a product of your ADHD and it's causing this depression. So let's not call it PBD yet. Let's just, um, if you want to get remedicated, there are options for you. And I was like, who knew? So I called my OBGYN who was back from maternity leave after having triplets um, and she was like, absolutely, let's get you on something. So I got on a safe ADHD medication, started taking it and started being very transparent with Whitney. So Whitney had also told me and mentioned, you know, Hey, I think that you should maybe consider taking some depression medicine. And I was like, no, I don't need it. I can do this on my own. I was very anti-medicine. And also, I was like, I'm breastfeeding. I don't want anything in my breast milk. I'm already doing this ADHD medicine thing. And I just don't want to introduce anything else to him. And she was like, okay, that's cool. No problem. Um, if that's what you believe, I just want you to know that it's an option and it's safe. And I was like, nope, I don't care. I don't want it. So <clears throat> time goes on. And honestly, throughout this, this summer, I had good days and bad days and it was kind of a roller coaster like I'd I'd be really great for like a week and then it would get worse and it would be even worse worse and then I could you know go on vacation see my family it was at the lake for fourth of July I was like this is great everything's fine um and then we got back and I was like mm, everything's not so fine um August my parents came to visit and I was like no, I'm doing fine um everything's fine um and it wasn't <laughs> it was not fine uh, things started getting worse and worse and worse. And before I knew it, I wanted to die again. And I told Reese first, my husband, I said, it's, I'm not okay. Um, I can't do anything. Again, I'm worthless. Um, I'm left alone all day, which is perfect and fine with me because that's how I want to be. Um, I was over consuming caffeine 
I mean like a lot of espresso, <laughs> five hour energies and anything. And honestly, I could take a quad latte, like shoot it. Okay. This quad latte would be done in like five seconds. And within an hour, I'd go back to sleep and I'd sleep for four or five hours. Like I was just so tired of life. Um, Ridge wasn't really sleeping well. He was still nursing through the night. I, everything felt bad. I just felt like I was doing everything wrong again. And so I go to Whitney and she was like, okay, I know you don't want to, but I really think that you should get on some antidepressants. Um, so I did. I broke and I got on an antidepressant called Soloft. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, and my mom came up, um, because Reese had told my dad, Hey, um, Tiffany's really not doing well. Everything's really overwhelming for her. Um, we just need help. And that was something that my therapist had had to, you know, had this conversation of like, you need to tell Reese that, you know, maybe it's hard for you to ask for help, but you need to have some stakeholders. You need to have somebody who is invested in you and if you just need to be told, hey, I'm thinking of you and I love you. Or, you know, in those really bad days. And sometimes that is what I needed. I'd be having a horrible week where I was just down in the dumps and everything sucked and I couldn't do anything. And Reese would call my dad and be like, hey, you know, Tiffany's not having a good time. Um, I think you should just call her and tell her you love her. Ask her about dinner you know, tell her what you're doing next weekend. Just the littlest things that would kind of be a distraction of just like, hey, somebody's checking in on you. And because I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go do those things. I wasn't going to reach out and say, hey, I'm freaking depressed. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't get out of bed. Um, I would love to drown in a shower. Um, but I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. So life goes on. <clears throat> uh, anyway, my my mom came up. Risa told my dad that, uh, you know, Tiffany's pretty suicidal again. Um, a little worried for her. I really don't want her left alone in the house. And um, my husband is from central Oklahoma. Very small, t- smaller town than we currently live in. Um, and there are guns in the house. And I know how to get to those guns. And he was uncomfortable. Um, he told me later that he had actually taken... Um, a, a gun that's technically mine and he had hit it because um, he wasn't he knew that that would be the first this is so sad um, he knew that that would be the first one that I would go to um, and so he took it and he hit it he hid some of his other guns because he was afraid for me to be by myself and when it got to that point for him he called my dad and he was like I need I need help um, so my mom came into town um during the week where I also started these antidepressants and thank God she did because, um, that little drug called Zoloft didn't work with my body. And in a matter of days, I went from being suicidal to a different level of suicidal. I, it just wrecked my mental health. As bad as it already was, it plummeted. Um, and my mom was taking care of the house, taking Ridge to school, picking Ridge up from school. Whatever I needed, she was doing. And I finally broke down, called my uh, OBGYN one day, and I said, I know that I just asked for this. 
uh, antidepressant, but I want to die right now more than ever. And I, I can't take it anymore. And she was like, absolutely. I hear you. Are you by yourself? And I said, no. And she said, okay, that's great. I'd love for somebody to be with you at all times. Um, and I'm going to switch you to a different one. We're just going to take you off SSRIs and we're going to move. You're going to take, um, Effexor. And I said, okay. Um, when I switched to Effexor, things, things got better. Um, and I really did feel good. And I go in about, I don't know, four weeks later to my OBGYN's office. And she was like, all right, how are things going? And I was like, I feel better. I feel more stable. I feel more motivated. Uh, I, I feel like this is helping. Um, I still have bad days, but I mean, who doesn't? And she was like, okay, cool. Yeah. You're still seeing your therapist. And I was like three times a week, (laughs) most of the time, once a week, but sometimes twice, sometimes three times, we're just, you know, I'm a girl who needs things. And she was like, that's great. I'm glad that you've found the help that you need. Um, was asking a series of questions and then one came up that was, well, um, do you have any weird dreams? And it occurred to me that I had been having a reoccurring dream for God knows how long. And in those dreams, I wasn't asleep. So I told her this and she was like, okay, what is it? And I was like, well, I'm laying in bed and I wake up to somebody talking to me. She said, okay, what are they saying? And I was like, well, they're always counting down from seven really slowly and like right next to my ear. She's like, okay. And she's like, but you're awake. I'm like, yeah, I'm fully awake. Um, we had just started Ridge in his room. Um, so he was no longer in the crib or in the bassinet next to the bed. He was in his room. Um, and I was like, sometimes I, you know, check the monitor, see if it was coming from his room. Sometimes I'd get up, go into his room and I keep, I keep hearing this voice, but eventually we'd get down to zero. Everything would stop and nothing ever happened. I was always waiting for, you know, someone to jiggle a door handle or the window or the dog to bark to, you know, anything. And it never happened. I just go back to bed. She's like, okay, so it's not scaring you. And I was like, no. And she goes, okay, um, you're hearing voices. <laughs> and I was like, no shit. I had no idea. Um, so I was just, when I, she's like, how long has this been going on? I was like, I have no idea. Weeks, months, I don't know, a while, I think. But I just didn't think anything of it. She's like, have you had any other ones? And I was like, well, yeah, here and there. But I, again, I just thought they were normal. I thought they, I thought they were happening. Um, so that was when I first clued into my psychosis. Um, and people will ask why it took so long to clue into that. And it, it's because I didn't know it wasn't real. You know, my ther I was talking to my therapist, you know, up to three times a week. And she never asked me if I was having hallucinations. How the, sh- how was she supposed to know? I didn't tell her, you know, she was asking about my depression. She was asked, we were talking about how I was feeling. We were talking about work. We were talking about, you know, as me as a wife, we weren't talking about whether or not I was hearing voices at night. And in the beginning, I do think it was mostly at night. I think I had a couple of daytime ones that I was able to be like, oh, that was nothing. Um, and the truth is, I really thought it was reality. Um, 
so then we clue into that that's kind of what's going on she was like okay well i need you to notate that let's send you to a psychiatrist i was like okay so i start seeing a psychiatrist and they're like yeah it's not normal and i also started kind of being able to document what was happening and not that i knew it was i would start into these hallucinations um, and I don't, you know, so it was different things. Um, for a while, I was counting down from seven. Um, I had my, my first visual hallucination that I remember cluing into after the fact and being like, oh, that wasn't real, um, was I had woken up in the middle of the night to Rich had woken up. I had nursed him, put him back down. Um, and when I walked out of his room, I could see it looked like the living room light was on and I was like, oh, that's weird. I must have turned it on when I came into Ridge's room. And I walked out, and it looked illuminated. The TV was off. And sitting on my couch was my grandmother. And she looked the way she looked when I last saw her in 2009. Um, The night before she died, she had just gotten a haircut. She had gotten out of the hospital. She was a little swollen. Um, her glasses were on a chain around her neck. She was wearing her favorite Tommy Bahama Hawaiian shirt. Um, her neck jiggled when she talked. Everything. It was, she was here. And this is so strange, but it was the night of the, um, vice presidential debate. And I didn't watch, this is so weird. I didn't watch the debate. I don't care. Well, I do care, but I I didn't care to watch it. Um, I had already made my political decision, if you know what I mean. Um, And she just mentioned to me something about it. And I I had this conversation with her. She was talking with her hands the way she always did. And I, I sat, I talked to her for a couple minutes. And then... I said, you need to go to bed, Grandma. And she was like, yeah, I'm not too far behind you. And I said, okay, I'm going to go back to bed before the baby wakes up. And she was like, that's a good idea. Um, I'll go up in a minute. Our guest bedroom's upstairs. And I was like, okay, cool. I go to bed. Truly didn't think anything of it. And the next morning, I was laying there. And I was like, oh, I wonder if she's upstairs. No, she's dead. Um... And I told Reese, I was like, I had a really weird hallucination last night. It wasn't just voices. It was, it was my grandmother. And he was like, well, that's kind of sweet, isn't it? I was like, yeah, it kind of is. Um, so that was the first visual hallucination I remember having. Um, and I told Whitney about it and Whitney was like, okay, um, how about we start this new thing where when you have these hallucinations, you wake Reese up. And I was like, well, most of the time I can talk myself out of it being real because the dogs aren't barking. And that's when I realized that that was kind of a grounding mechanism for me is I have two labs. And if someone were to be in my bedroom, standing next to my bed, talking to me, at least one of my dogs would wake up and start barking. And when I could tune into that, I would hear the voice, the voice would talk to me and I'd kind of look over, see if. Luke or Boone, those are my dog's names, were awake and I'd go, oh no, it's not real. It can talk to me. And I would kind of like just let it keep going because I knew it wasn't real. And um, she was like, yeah, that's, 
probably not the go-to move. Let's go ahead. Whenever you hear them, weak recep. If you can't stop hearing them, you need a sharp sensory change. Get up, go wash your hands, go to the bathroom, get out of the bedroom. Whatever it is, change your location, your temperature, get out of it. Um, so that's what it became. Um, the psychiatrist I saw wanted to put me on a couple of different medications, told me the current medications I was on weren't safe for my baby. Um, her and I had a <clears throat> pretty much yelling match and I pretty much told her to go to hell. Um, and that's how that one went. Um, so I switched psychiatrist and my other psychiatrist was like, no, that's not true. You're doing everything right for your baby. Um, but we need to talk about the psychosis. So time goes on. My depression after the holidays, so after like Christmas, um, I felt kind of stable, but my hallucinations were getting more frequent. Um, but my mood was stable. So, you know, what are you going to, what do you compromise there? Do you want to feel suicidal or do you want to hear a voice every once in a while? I want to hear a voice every once in a while because feeling like you want to die is the worst for you as a person, as a mom, as a wife. Um, I'll take the voices any day. Grandma, dead grandma in the living room, sign me up. So time goes on. That psychiatrist was like, how about we dial back your depression medication? I was like, again, no, dead grandma any day. I'm not doing it. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to. Um, let's just, you know, keep working towards stability because this isn't normal. Um, and I wish that there was a good ending to this story, but the truth is I still hear voices. <laughs> um, except now they don't count down from seven. Um, and I've also clued into with help of psychiatrists and Whitney, um, that I was experiencing bouts of mania. Um, and this is something I've just kind of clued into. And it's the hardest thing to know is everything about postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis. It's all sucks, you know? And so you find these terrible things about yourself that aren't you. And you want to be like, oh, this all sucks. So then when you hit about a mania from the psychosis, you're like, this is me. I'm doing better. I did this. I want credit for this. And, um, turns out also not you. It just happens to be like a semi-decent side effect of something that sucks. Um, but I mean, there were times in bouts of mania where I'd be in the front yard naked. And while we live in the middle of nowhere, there is a house that can see our house. And in that moment, I was like, I'm happy. This is great coffee. Let's party. I want to clean everything. Like, could a depressed person do this? <laughs> no. I'm a great mom. Um, and the truth is, yes, a depressed person, in fact, can and does do things like that because mania hits. Um, and this isn't you. This is the psychosis. And um, the thing about psychosis and depression is that that low, low and that high, high aren't normal. You want to be in the middle. You want to, you want to vary between those things, not so extreme. Um, so that's, I'm working on, I just switched psychiatrists again. Um, that's my worst hallucination to date. Um, because that's kind of what people want to hear is, and I haven't talked about this publicly at all. Um, I 
was on a phone call and I, for work, with, <laughs> with the vice president, okay, was on this phone call. And I started hearing people talk. Um, so I, I muted the phone call and I was like, somebody's in the house, right? And as much as I, every door I opened, every room I went into, these voices were still in my head. Like they, I could just hear them and like they were muffled in the room next door. I couldn't hear what they were saying. And then, um, so I went to go lay down. I was like, wow, this sucks. So I went, I went to go lay down and I looked up, I started smelling smoke and, uh, I was like, that's so weird. And I, propped up in bed and looked underneath my my bedroom door out into the living room and it was bright red like red and orange and like coming in and out like it was cackling and so I walked closer to the door and I could I could hear cackling there it looked to be flames underneath you know coming from the living room it smelled like smoke I opened the door and my living room was on fire and I just stared at it and was like, well, what do I take out of the house? Because the living room's on fire. And I don't know how long I stood there, um, but my my dog, who's 11 years old, um, very slowly, he's also very fat, um, walked through the fire. And in that moment, I was able to recognize that in the event my house was on fire, Luke would probably be on fire, right? Also, I feel like he wouldn't react this way to fire. Is this real fire? This looks and smells and feels like real fire. Um, <laughs> so I needed to change my sensories. I went and I jumped in the cold, like a cold, cold shower. And I came back out and my living room was not on fire. Um, and I just felt so defeated in that moment when you snap out of a hallucination like that it's so real in the moment like how was my living room that I'm now staring at just engulfed in flames three minutes ago it looked real it smelled real it felt real it was hot it sounded real I could hear it cackle and now it's fine and that really fucked with me. Um, I still, like, that moment, like, that hallucination alone, I can handle being talked to. I can handle the voices. I can handle not being able to locate where the voices are coming from. But when your mind can play that big of a trick on you, it becomes impossible to function. Because then what is reality? You know? It's... I had full panic attacks. I would go grocery shop. For the most part, I tried to do online pickup, you know, order my groceries and go pick them up. Um, but there were a couple of times that I was like, I would like to get my groceries because I know that those Elmer um, Keebler Elf cookies aren't not for curbside and I freaking want them. Um, so I would go into the grocery Okay. So I went into the grocery store and everybody's wearing masks. I'm wearing a mask and I start hearing somebody talk and then like kind of a screeching sound and I look around and everyone is wearing a mask and I don't know what's real and what's not and if somebody is talking to me or what's happening over the intercom and I start to spiral 
and full spiral, like sitting on the floor. I ran to the, like the cat food aisle. I remember <laughs> I just the, everything had been, um, updated. And since the last time I had been inside of this Walmart and I just kind of ran to the very back of the store, sat on a shelf that had cat food on it. And I just started crying and I called my husband and he was like, I just get out, leave the cart. You, we don't need it. We'll pick up pizza. Just get out. Um, so I made my way to my car. I continued to have a panic attack there and I ended up calling. I wanted to die. <laughs> like in that moment, I was like, I, nothing's real, but everything is real. But also this seems like some altered reality now because I just have no truth perception. Um, so I called the suicide hotline, um, because I honestly didn't think that I could leave that parking lot and not go kill myself. Um, and I told my therapist about it. I told my psychiatrist about it. Um, you know, and it, a lot of the answer is we probably need to be on some antipsychotics, but my hard choice right now is that I, at the very end of the day, at the very worst day, my son needs my milk. And right now that is my lifeline. Um, I understand that that's an unhealthy relationship to have with breastfeeding, but that is what I have. Um, is that that little boy needs me right now. He's still nursing and I don't want to give it up because the, at, when I absolutely want to die, I know that he needs to be fed. Um, so that's, that's my story. It's still being written. I wish I could tell you I'm scared. I'm not. Um, I hear voices. Sometimes I see things. I have considered hospitalization, but I don't feel like I could ever because of breastfeeding right now, um, as the main, I don't want to say motivation cause that sounds sad, but as the main motivation, um, I would never harm myself. I would never even consider, like I would never do anything that would harm Ridge. Um, and so I, I just, I feel like that's control enough that I don't need to be, uh, institutionalized right now. Um, if my breastfeeding journey ends and I feel differently about that, I feel like I have enough self-awareness that I could make that decision. Um, unfortunately there's only one hospital in the country that institutionalized institutionalizes women with postpartum mood disorders and their babies. Um, because that would be absolutely horrible for my mental health is for me to go away to the psychiatric center to get the help I need. Um, and then also not be able to see my kid. Um, I, I don't find that helpful in any way. Um, and the only hospital that does that is in Massachusetts. Um, and I don't have the resources to be able to pull that off. So it's really a, it's a tough call. Um, and I'll, I'll face that when I come to it. If my breastfeeding journey ends and I decide that antipsychotics are the answer for my, hallucinations or maybe my breastfeeding journey ends my hormones go back to normal and I'm cured <laughs> you know that's the best case scenario um so to backtrack um I started journaling my experiences as a way to dissociate from them um and then I decided I wonder if other people are doing this. 
Um, so I got on Instagram and I just started looking up different hashtags and I realized that no one was talking about the shit that moms go through. You know, people are starting to talk about the people love to talk about women's bodies for, you know, whatever. Um, which is fine. But if you look up postpartum journey on Instagram, it's mostly just women showing off how they got hot, quote, hot, whatever. I love my mom bod. Um, but that's not real. <laughs> it's just not. And right now it's not my priority. So I kept looking. I was like, okay, are people par- talking about postpartum psychosis? Eh, barely. There was one other account hadn't been talked to, you know, that lady hadn't put, I hope she's doing well, but she hadn't posted since like 2016. Um, are people talking about postpartum depression? Yes. But in this very weird cliche, like I'm sad, but not like, I want to die. I am barely clinging to life right now. They just weren't talking about it in a way that I, I needed to hear. Um, so I decided that I would start doing that. Um, and when I first started my postpartum psycho account, I didn't know what I wanted it to be. I just knew that I felt so alone. I felt like I was the only one. I felt like postpartum depression for other people was like, I was kind of sad because that's what's on the internet. Um, there are very few people talking about how awful it is and even more few people talking about psychosis. Um, and when I first shared it, it, I knew it was mostly going to be people I knew, you know, my friends and family. I got ballsy one day and shared it to my personal Facebook page. And there were a lot of people who use it as an excuse. Here's my theory. Um, when people say we're praying for you, they very rarely ever mean that they're actually praying for you. Um, what it feels like to me is they're saying, I'm going to quote pray for you um, because I really want to talk about this at the dinner table. And if we say, Tiffany, oh, that bitch went crazy. Have you heard about it? Oh, let's pray for her. It's an excuse to talk about you. Um, and I felt like that's what was going on. And then I would get a message from somebody I knew who was like, yes, I experienced this. And it was more people than I realized. <laughs> like people who I thought were just like incredible. You only see people's life that they want you to see, you know? And people were messaging me and being like, thank you for talking about this. I feel seen. Um, I've never seen anybody. I've never related to anything so hard. I keep, please keep doing this. And it was, it was people I knew. It was people I had acquaintances with. It was people who would message me and be like, oh my gosh, my, my sister is doing this. And she doesn't realize, sorry, my dog is sneezing. She doesn't realize what's going on. I just don't want her to get stuck in this bad, dark cycle. And I showed her your account and she started breaking down, crying to me and telling me that that's how she felt too. And it just felt like I was doing something right. Um, so then my Instagram kind of got, so I went from like a hundred ish followers to like 500 followers in a matter of a week. Um, and that's been incredible because there are so many moms who are like, yes, queen, me too. And it is so incredible to know that you're not alone. 
and there are other people and this isn't being talked about and it might as well be you. You might as well be the one to share your story because you can't. You are, I'm still alive. I'm still going through this and it's possible and I can breastfeed my 16 month old and refuse medication and that's okay because it's my choice that's what's best for me and my son and for other people that's not their best choice and that's okay too so um I know this was a lot I think I've been rambling for over 45 minutes um but again, my Instagram account is postpartum psycho. If you have any other questions, I'd love to talk again. Clearly, um, I don't shut up. So thanks, guys. I mean, talk about being incredibly vulnerable and sharing your truth. Holy shit, Tiffany. Thank yeah. you so much. So, um, I mean, like, I... I there were so many things that you said and so many things that I was like, holy fuck. Yeah, I've been there. And, and, oh my God, I've never been there, but, but I, I, we, I'm so with you and your, your, whatever choices you make are valid. But the fact of, of all of the different doctors and going through, like you went, you've gone through in 16 months and in more than 16 months, I guess, because through your pregnancy, like I just, you've gone through fucking hell. And it's just so, um, I don't want to say sad because I feel like saying sad is kind of like when she was speaking about like how people say like they're praying for you. My, my initial reaction to that is, yeah, they want to talk about it, but also like you, the, one of the biggest things about all of this postpartum psychosis that she's speaking about and these behavior modifications that we go through are so scary to talk about. And then when you say them to people, Mm -hmm. whether they are your family or your friends or they love you or they're strangers, whoever they are, they can say that they are empathetic Mm -hmm. and that a part of them is with you or that they're with you and they hear you. Um, I think that's even saying more than most people would say. They'd probably just say something like, I'm, I'm praying for you or something like that. But there's a part of them that's judging you. Uh, that's what I, that's exactly what I thought when she said the praying for you. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's what that is. You know, I think we all don't like that phrase because of many reasons. It's like thoughts and prayers. Like that's, it's such a, a surface way of approaching like a really terrible topic for many different situations in our society. But that's um people unfortunately the whole thing of like oh she's gone crazy mm-hmm. it's like um sure if you want to call me crazy then call me crazy I guess but like what I'm hearing when when we're talking about all of this it's that I mean if my psychosis is bothering you that's the most natural thing in the world to me I didn't choose to feel this way so to say to me or to say at the dinner table or to your friends or whatever it is like she's gone fucking crazy like fuck you mm-hmm. like it's not like an act of choice that I'm making like it, it, we give people leniency on, on many different things and you know unfortunately mental health and addiction aren't one of them no not but at why all. not not at all but why not like this is something that is out of 
out of our control. And when, you know, Tiffany's saying like all the different outlets that she went to to try to get help and she's so aware of herself. I was, which is, that is exactly what I was going to say. The fact that she was like, I can't do this alone. I'm going to tell my husband, I mm-hmm. have all of these people I have. Uh, it's insanely, um, uh, I'm, in, I'm, um, what's the word? Not impressed by her, but, uh, inspired by her. Like I'm not, I don't feel bad for her. I'm inspired by her because she's going as far as she can. And she's also holding on to the thing that she knows makes her feel good, which is um, probably also hard for her to talk about because I, as I'm listening to her, I'm going, oh, I mean, I I can only imagine um, where she's getting, you know, if, if she's telling people and they're responding to her in ways that like, they don't understand what she's talking about. I, I, I think that her saying, the breastfeeding is the only thing that like is holding her together um, makes such an insane amount of sense to me. It, it, like if you need that one thing and you don't want to give that up and, and, and that's the thing that's like keeping you, it's like your, it's your, your, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I, I admire you, Tiffany, for doing work hard work to try and, you know, keep yourself here. (laughs) I I don't, I don't know how to say that uh, more eloquently. I think also, even if, you know, we can applaud doing the work on our mental health, but that's, sometimes it's really hard to even get to that point. So I think that even beyond that, the fact that she, again, speaking back to like to her awareness, if that's just what it was, or if, she was just in the thick of it and didn't even know what was going on. I think just the sheer acknowledgement is, is mm-hmm. if you want to say work, I think that's like the biggest work is to really be like, this sucks and I need help. And I don't know what that means. Maybe it means talking to somebody. Maybe it means just saying it out loud. Maybe it means being aware of like, I can't have, I can't be in the same house with where the guns are. Like things like this are like things that, signal um I don't know growth I think or not growth I don't want to say growth but like I I don't like the phrase you're doing the work because like so up until last week when I went to the doctor for meds was I not doing the work like I was trying and I'm aware of myself it's just really hard to get to that point so yes I am in awe of what she's doing I just think that I I think it's just a really shitty place to be and there's not enough information out there. And when she's talking about that, the only um, <clears throat> psychiatric hospital is in Massachusetts. So I looked it up and it's at MGH, I think, which is Mass General Hospital. And that's, I mean, that's a problem because there is no postpartum care or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just one visit. I mean, we talk about that a lot, but it's just one visit. And then it's like, all right, see you later. Good luck. Best of luck with everything. And then like that one doctor that's like, oh, well, you're breastfeeding, so you can't, like, do this and do that. And then she talks to somebody else. And they're like, no, it's okay. Like, it's all so confusing and conflicting information that if you didn't feel alone, you already do feel more alone. If there's not, like, somebody whose real, you know, profession is to approach and discuss postpartum psychiatric disorders. And that's unfortunate that there's not enough out there. Yeah, I agree. But... um 
thank you, Tiffany. I think that, you know, I, I love, I love your honesty with everything. I think it took a lot of, and I think it continues to do so. I mean, with your Instagram account, that's so incredible. What it sounds like to me is like, this is giving you a new life kind of like this way of expressing your problems and what's going on in your life and expressing them to a wide set audience. Like that is so healing in many ways. So that's what it sounds like. And you know, kick ass. That's amazing. Thank you for making that account because it's so important. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 uh, we are so grateful that you, uh, chose to share your story with us and we are so excited to be able to share it with our community and allow them to hear themselves in you and, I heard so much of myself and what you were saying, not all of it, but in so many pieces of it. And I think that so many of our listeners are going to have that as well. And um, to be able to connect them with you and spread your community and make your community grow. uh, It's, it's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. It's what we're here for. It's important. And it's, um, you know, I think that, that, like Alicia said, that one hospital in, in Massachusetts and in the, you know, when you said it's the only one that you can bring your baby, it's like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> right. Like, right. oh, what the fuck? That's, that's not anything I've ever had to think about, but because we don't allow women to deal with their mental health, we don't allow mothers to deal with their mental health or we don't, you know, it's, it's not, it's not something that's widely accepted when it's, something so many of us are experiencing there should be more help yeah um and i think that what you've got at your fingertips is uh, the sparks of of providing if nothing else uh a community for the people that are going through the psychosis that are going through the postpartum depression i mean um i can't imagine that fire not knowing what's real um, I just can't, I mean, I, I can't even imagine that, that the, 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 uh, sheer terror that would bring to a, to, to a mother, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to anyone that's a, you know, hallucinations are fucking scary. Yeah. And that's the thing you get on, maybe you get on a medication and it does that to you. And then you're like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah. It's all, it's all just so you don't know what's going to happen or how you're going to feel the next day from one day to the next. Like she was saying some days I would be with my family and I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get the, you get that way you get in, and you have a good day, you have an up day mm-hmm. and then you're feeling great and maybe not great, but better than usual. And then you start telling people that you're okay. People start, you know, maybe, I don't think necessarily in this case, it was kind of like a, a trigger, which I think is, is great of her family to notice yeah, that. But yeah. um, I think in many cases that we do that so often when we're around people in public spaces that we say, we're okay, we're okay, I got mm-hmm. this, I'm good, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then you go home and something happens and you're back to where you're actually at and you're like, well, what was that? Was that real? Is yeah. this real? Like, what is real and who am I? And she's saying, I, I had no idea who I was. It's like, yeah, how do you know who you are when you're jumping your brain's jumping in a million different places and it's just so overwhelming. And in the meantime, you're taking care of a new baby by yourself, as yeah. she's pretty much saying, you know, because, you know, dad's gone for, yeah. for the day. Well, 
I, I just, I, there were so many things that she said that I, you know, we're both going like, yes, oh my God. And oh, like yeah. the body part where that also, that part where she's like, nobody's talking about mental health as a recovery. Nobody's talking about what's going on. We're talking about bodies as postpartum right. recovery. And it's like, fuck that narrative. Like, I know we're using, because it's this physical thing that, um, you know, she, people can see, right? You could see your body getting smaller. You can't see my brain getting happier or, you know, getting, you know, better. It's, it's, mm-hmm. there's so many things that need change. There's so many things that we can change by talking about them. Right. So and also who the fuck asks Tiffany, who's asked you why it's taken you so long to figure out you had psychosis? I was like, who the fuck is asking you that question? <laughs> yeah. Like fuck that person. Yeah. Them. Well, we're with you. I mean, you know, as much as we can be, we're with you and we're with anybody who's listening and, and going like I was there. I felt that I've been through that. You are not alone. And that's one of the first things that Tiffany said, like, if you hated every minute of your pregnancy, like you are not alone. And that's yeah. just from the get go. I mean, that maybe you didn't love your pregnancy and that's okay. But what the, what our social world is telling us is all these beautiful things happen throughout pregnancy and after birth. And as she said, like, not, you know, and as you're speaking about, like you go on the Instagram and it's like, mm-hmm. um, before baby, <laughs> during baby, and then mm-hmm. me now holding my baby and I'm so skinny and like, mm-hmm. a, like congratulating women for getting hot is what mm-hmm. she said. And it's like, why I saw somebody today who posted their old transition photo and they're like, this is why I hate that I posted this. And they wrote a whole thing about it. And I thought that was, whatever. Um, but they're reposting the same photo. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, good for you. Like, what do you, what is, what is the drive there? Right. Do you want me to tell you like, holy shit, you look so fucking hot. Or is it to be like, I can do this. So look how fucking hot I am. Right. Like, that sucks. Right. It does. And maybe that's not, you know, obviously it's not the way that we are driving our social media, but for people who are doing that, it, I can't imagine that everyone who is commenting and going like, wow, you look so great. Like some of those women or men or whatever are probably like, oh my God, like I wasn't able to do that. And probably feeling like shit. Hello. Yeah. Like put a fucking trigger warning up if you're going to post that shit. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, every time I gained so much fucking weight breastfeeding and I was already the biggest I've ever been. And to see everybody go, when you breastfeed, you lose weight and I'm back to my mm-hmm. size. And it's like, I don't want to be able, we shouldn't congratulate this because there are so many of us that don't get there. Right. And it's, it's the same thing. Like it's that facet. It's this, it's stop comparing ourselves and start like being there for each other. Like it's just maddening. It's quite maddening. And listen, I posted during the pandemic a before and after of myself, like working out for me, deep, deep into an eating disorder and like trying to overcome a bunch of shit. That was like me trying to figure out whatever it was. And I looked back at it and I was like, it's because everybody else was doing it. And I thought that maybe I'd get, uh, I'd get motivation from it or justification, justification. I was feeling good but people are congratulating you because they don't know that you're still doing that shit. So you get to go, Oh, well here I am on the surface. And it's that same thing that like, she's talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm people ask me and I say surface fine, but inside I'm 
it's uh, falling apart and um, sorry, I'm getting riled up. <laughs> I can feel my body. That's the other thing my therapist does. She goes, you're getting all crazy. <laughs> Do you feel your body moving? Uh, anyway, all that to say, this is, this is just really, we're really appreciative of your sharing and vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what we're all trying to do, mm-hmm. you know, just try to bring these conversations to the forefront so that less and less women, people feel alone. less alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do and we're doing it. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. We're really grateful that you took the time to, to do that. But also, um, I just think of vulnerability is so hard and the way that Tiffany spoke about her experiences was so raw and mm-hmm. um I wasn't I wasn't expecting that and I and I mm-hmm. appreciate it so much mm-hmm. I want that I want I want the real shit yeah and I think a lot of people appreciate that too we're all we're all getting through it yeah however whatever the fuck that means <laughs> If you're trudging through the mud, if you're coasting, like whatever the fuck that means, we're all just trying to get through it. Yeah. And whatever approach you take, just, um, we're, we're here with you. Yeah. Let's just do it together. How about that? Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Uh, we will talk to you next week, but in that meantime, for fuck's sake, shake your beverages. Not your babies. Bye. Bye. Time to hit the bottle there. <laughs>